0: Untitled Beatles Podcast. Hey, TJ.
1: Hi, Tony. I guess. Hi. Oh, Fine. What's what's, what's the matter, TJ? They left coupons out of my Sunday paper, Tony. Oh, no. And you can get them in the Sunday papers. (laughs) I like Joe
0: Jackson. I do, too. Yeah, he started off almost like whatever polished punk rock is like early, like his late 70s stuff. And then it turned into like stepping out and all that.
1: Yeah, stepping Out's a great tune. That whole Night and Day album, where you kind of had like almost a Cole Porter feel. Great record. One of the hits of 82, I'm telling you. So many great songs came out in 1982. But they can't have come out in 1983, like the album we're talking about today. 83. <laughs> this, I mean, again, not to put words in your mouth. You've called this your band on the run? Today's album? Is that correct? Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I don't really like Band on the Run. So
1: yeah, I would say
0: this. Wow. No, I do, I do like Band on the Run. In fact, I gave it a spin last night. And I gave this record a spin on an airplane recently. We are, of course, talking about Ringo Starr's 1983 offering, Old Wave.
1: Old Wave. I'm so excited we're talking about this. It is one of my favorite Ringo albums. I mean, like, with Ringo, I'm the anti-music fan because my favorite album is The Greatest Hits album. Blast From Your Past is so much fun to listen to.
0: Oh, you're not a fan.
1: That's what I'm saying. I know it's bullshit, but there's so many great songs on Blast from Your Past. The cover, he looks like he's being vaguely electrocuted.
0: <laughs> yes, he does. You're right. Yep. Now you can just stream this record but this used to be a very difficult record to find. So congrats. Now you can just listen to it. You don't have to like go on to some weird youtube or some thing that's going to give you a virus
1: <laughs> or whatever with oh, a torrent. <laughs> I had some college girlfriends. I mean talking <laughs> virus. Burn <laughs> baby burn. burn One of my least favorite lines in Paul McCartney's 83 offering, Pipes of Peace, is help me to learn songs of joy instead of burn, baby burn. Maybe the worst Paul McCartney, my hero, my honest (laughs) to God, number one hero. That's his worst line. Yeah, because "Burn, Baby, Burn" came out in '77 on the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. This is '83, '83. <laughs> Who, who's thinking about "Burn, Baby, Burn" <laughs> disco inferno? I mean,
0: maybe he was. Uh, maybe he was critical of of Steve Dahl's Disco Demolition Night. Many of the fans
2: are scattering off the field now when they fight the police. And many Sox security members are joining the police, which are now about 40 or 50. And they're slowly, now rapidly, walking out the center field where the fire is burning.
1: Well, Paul, a big White Sox fan, too. I mean, other than, <laughs> you remember that brief Paul on the B-side that said, Trust me, Frank Thomas is on steroids? Uh. Trust me was in parentheses. <laughs> Well, I know the only tattoo that
0: McCartney has is of the uh, the win and ugly guy uh, <laughs> on his left shoulder.
1: <laughs> Lamar Hoyt.
0: Yeah, Lamar Hoyt. Uh, well, wasn't it Tony Larusa who who said that? Uh. No, no, no. What is the win and ugly story? I want to say it was an, uh, someone from another team said that the White Sox were win and ugly that yeah. year in '83.
1: And Tony La Russa came back to manage the White Sox this year after a couple years being retired and a couple years being drunk and asleep at a stoplight.
2: Winning Ugly, that's the story of the 1983 Chicago White Sox. Brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers and proud sponsor of the U.S. Olympic team. For all you do, this Bud's for you. Speaking of the White Sox,
0: uh, Ringo Starr's old wave. (laughs) <laughs> so TJ, I don't know if you know this, but the title is a play on New Wave, which was all Wait, the rage explain it in to me. Oh, New Wave music was like a, a sanitized version of punk rock that was okay and more acceptable than punk rock And they used a, a lot more electronic instruments than punk rock
1: that's another. Everybody's talking about the new wave. Uh,
2: everybody's talking about the
1: new sound. Funny, but it's still rock and roll <laughs> to me. All right, Billy.
2: Next phase, new wave, dance great. Anyways, it's still rock and roll to me. All
1: right, because- Every episode, I love him and bash him. I don't understand.
0: I get it. I listened to some Billy Joel on a road trip recently, and it was like. I loved a lot of it. And then there'd be these piano things that just were dirgy and dragged on. And I was like, all right, I'm going to drive off the road accidentally (laughs) on purpose.
1: (laughs) Billy also charted new ground by singing his count off. Remember? A one, a two, one, (laughs) two, three, four. (laughs) Like, (laughs) why are you singing that, Billy? Just count it off. (laughs)
0: Hey, man. I guess he's trying. We all try. Sometimes we try, and a lot of times we fail. Speaking of which, Ringo Starr, Old Wave. (laughs) No, I'm not going to dog on this record too much, but Ringo was in a spot, man, when he put this record out. He couldn't get a label. RCA had canceled his contract. There was no U.S. label that would sign him, so he did these songs with Joe Walsh behind the board
1: at the controls, I like the production on this record. Actually, it's cool. It's so weird because it sounds like no other album from 1983. And we talk pipes a piece, but some of the other albums from '83, Tony, Synchronicity,
2: hey, Mr. Dinosaur, you really couldn't ask for Cindy
1: Lauper, she's so unusual.
2: Love, you can look and you will find
1: Stevie Ray vaughn's Texas Flood, maybe his best. Mm-hmm. Lionel Richie's Can't Slow Down.
2: Come on and sing my song yeah,
1: all night. Billy Joel's Innocent Man.
2: I forgot how nice romances.
1: Metallica's Kill Em All. Back
2: like a lot of media. We lost. And
1: Thriller's still riding high in the charts. Yeah. You're
2: the best,
1: So the Joe Walsh production of a Ringo Starr record in 83 sounds like nothing else in 1983. This record could have been recorded in 1979 and nobody would have known the difference.
0: It's true. In fact, I think one of the songs is from like 78 or 79. I forget which one, but I know one of them was started then. Yeah. So this came after Stop and Smell the Roses, which was, what was that? His fourth record in a row that just kind of died didn't do well, tank yes, so speak,
1: but a much better album than the preceding three disco records, the Ringo the fourth and <laughs> right and we, boy yoy, 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 yoy. <laughs> and Roto-Gravure, uh I mean, which were all like just sappy Pappy disco albums. Yeah And at, at least Stop and Smell the Roses You know, it started off with that kind of McCartney horn festival Called Private Property Which has an unfortunate oh, yeah. lyric Private Property Don't, Don't go knock knocking me. it
2: <laughs> You'll be breaking the law
0: that is a quirky song. I, 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 I kind of like that song.
2: Yeah.
1: Me too. I love it. It's it's all horns. <laughs> and I think Rack My Brain was on Stop and Smell the Roses, and that was it, which George Harrison wrote. That was a minor hit. So Ringo almost had a mini comeback of Stop and Smell the Roses in 81, which nobody bought. And Old Wave, which nobody could buy. This album was only issued in Germany and canada i'm pretty sure on uh, yeah. germany was on bellafone which is a label i you know i'm a label guy I've, n- I've never heard of that and in canada it was on rca and you're a big elvis guy i have the vinyl of old wave i found it at reckless records in chicago but a decade ago and it was such a cool wow. kind of rare find and did they know what they had did you have to like plop oh, down some dough oh for yeah them? it was uh, it was 29.99 for the wow. vinyl and uh in 2014, I used a gift certificate that my <laughs> sister-in-law got me. I think it was my sister and brother-in-law, and I got the old wave CD at Reckless for 40 bucks because it's got Whoa. a bonus track on it. These are ones <laughs> in '94 when I was in college, a label called The Right Stuff, a subsidiary of capital issued Stop and Smell the Roses and Old Wave on CD for the first time. And in fact, it was the first time Old Wave had ever been issued in the States. There's a great underrated compilation on Rhino, early Rhino Records in 89, called Starstruck, Ringo's Greatest Hits Volume 2, and three of the old wave songs appeared on the vinyl in 89 and four on the extended-length CD. So you could get some old wave songs on Starstruck, but you could not get the old wave album in the States until 94 when The Right Stuff put it on CD 11 years later. So... It's streaming now. And it's funny when it's streaming on iTunes, it streams with the Boardwalk Records label. The reason it wasn't issued on Boardwalk is because the head of Boardwalk died shortly before this album was issued. And it was all pretty crazy. Boardwalk, by the way, also on Boardwalk, the Popeye soundtrack. Oh. Or
2: maybe it's because.
1: Shelly Duvall and Robin Williams, that was, was that movie a hit or a disaster? I liked no, it, was it, a disaster. A kid, it was a disaster. it was a disaster.
0: It was Altman's first real critical
1: flop. They shouldn't have called it Nashville 2. That was <laughs> the, the big mistake they made. But yeah, so uh, you've heard of Bellafone? I have not.
0: I had not heard of it, but I, in my research, I discovered, yeah, it was an indie German label and they, I guess, put out things like Johnny Cash and Joan Jett, but also a band... Uh, out of Germany called the flippers and they did all brand... dolphins
1: <laughs> yeah
0: it was yeah if you liked beetle barkers you're gonna love die flippers <laughs> it's <laughs> it's squeaking dolphins doing <laughs> you know the hair soundtrack uh... <laughs> Die Flippers were a German schlager group. And I had to, I'm like, what is schlager? So schlager is, a, I guess it's a genre of music. It's like sentimental, happy-go-lucky, mostly instrumental music. So yeah, yeah. If you look up the flippers, there's a song called Genie that might pop up. And check them out. Die Flippers.
2: Genie schlo- Uh,
0: The original title for Old Wave was It Beats Sleep, which (laughs) sounds very Joe Walsh to me. Um, And the album Portrait was shot in a uh, photo booth in northern England somewhere.
1: All I've got is a photo booth, and I realize you're not Dr. Ruth (laughs) Wushloggers.
0: Dr. Ruth, good for you. (laughs) I
1: couldn't think of a rhyme for photo booth, Dr. Ruth. That's improv. Dude, I I thought he was in a
2: band. I didn't know this was going to be like an improv show.
0: Yeah, as we mentioned, produced by Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh is a nutty cat. I remember he used to come on the Letterman show and sit in with the band. You know, this would be like in the early 90s, maybe late 80s. And uh, every time Letterman would say something to Joe, Joe had something back to say. But he was always like slightly off mic, you know, like maybe Schaefer's mic or the Anton's drum mic was picking him up. But he was always a nut.
2: Joe, 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 how are you? Of course, here's your how you doing hat. Thank you very much. Stupid petrich. Can yeah. I do a stupid Yeah, Petritch. you got one. Let's hear it. Let's I can't it. afford a live one. Yeah, okay. You have a little wind-up. George, place? we're on David Letterman. Go, boogie, dude. Come on. Go, George. Don't let me down. Come on.
1: I actually way prefer solo Joe Walsh and James Gang Joe Walsh. I'm not an Eagles fan but I do really like solo Joe Walsh. I do too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Some song of his just came on the radio the other day and I, I quite liked it. Yeah. And I when I got to see McCartney play and Ringo came out, so too did Joe Walsh. And it was... Those three guys in Paul's band all playing together. Joe, Walsh. Okay, instead of
1: hey Jude, here's Rocky Mountain Way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Close with that. Everyone was cool with it. (laughs) Half the people are like, Thank God, I've had enough Maca man. MACA? well let's go track by track let's do this old wave you can stream it now so play along with us if you will opens up with a a single or actually would later become a single for joe walsh who co-wrote this song but i like this song this is i guess i would call this maybe my favorite song on the
2: record doesn't make a difference don't care how
1: It's the best song on the album without question. And it was a single for Ringo when the right stuff for you should these CDs. They issued a couple of colored vinyl for jukebox only 45s, much like CEMA Capitals uh, subsidiary did with the Beatles stuff. And this was part of a single on, I think, orange or yellow vinyl. That's great. In 94. Uh, because that's it. what all the kids were buying. Oh, are you sold out of Nirvana bleach? Maybe you have the 45 of In My Car. <laughs>
0: Yeah, a lot of people thought it was drive my car No, (laughs) nope A lot of disappointed people out there But they like the
1: colored vinyl, it's fun And in some pressings of yesterday and today Dave Dexter put the Ringo in my car on instead
0: (laughs) He was cruel, that Dave Dexter He was a cruel man (laughs) Diabolical man
1: This this is a great song, and I love the Joe Walsh backing vocals. It's a you can almost tell Joe Walsh loved this song too. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a good song. Well, Joe Walsh later, yeah, he put it out in '87. And it it was like a minor hit, um, yeah. It was Meaning also. It was co- a
1: hit with coal miners.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it was a minor hit.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Coal miners really like this kind of stuff, and they still do. And they're not going <laughs> to listen to anything else ever after this. This is what music is: music and technology, and the world stopped. You know, at a certain point, and we have to keep doing it. I don't care what happens to the world. In my car, is a hit. <laughs>
2: What?
1: Also, why did Obama take early 80s Ringo away from coal miners makes me so mad and Michelle wants kids to eat healthy in school fascism Yeah, I want my kid to die early from
0: diabetes, Michelle
1: <laughs> Diabetes, 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 oh, 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 diabetes, no, 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 I got diabetes
2: Hi, <laughs> I'm Wilfred Grimley and I've had diabetes for about 20 years.
0: Well, this song itself to me has this real 80s sitcom feel. It's almost like a Jason Bateman spin-off kind of a feel, and I like it. I like it. There's something enjoyable and nostalgic about the the production. At least nostalgic for me now.
1: I love it too. It does like an early 80s sitcom and in addition to the fact that Joe um, Walsh covered it in 87, this was also ripped off by Gary Newman.
0: Are you serious or no?
1: They're in my car. I go walking with you in cars.
0: (laughs) You're right. Which I want to say that came first. So maybe (laughs) maybe Ringo is doing a Gary Newman thing. You know when Gary Newman played that live, he traveled around in this little like remote control car. It's amazing. If you ever watch Erg. Really? Yeah, the street. What was it called? Something like Erg. It's a movie and it had all these like new wave bands in it. Speaking of new wave, it's great. Gotta see it. Gotta see it. (laughs) Erg the Music War, I think is what it was called. (laughs) A music war.
2: This time they've gone too far. Erg.
0: Well, moving on. The next song up is Hopeless. Yes. Which, to me, it has like a no-no song feel to it.
2: And I said, no, 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 I don't smoke it no more. I'm tired of waking up on the
1: floor. You're totally right. It's kind of got that bouncy kind of feel like No-No Song does. And there's a part where they forgot to finish writing. They cut off a verse and go, Ringo goes, everybody dance! <laughs> and they stop singing. <laughs>
0: Beats sleep, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those many songs where they're talking about doctors. You know, (laughs) he's always going to the doctor. There's a lot of like, there's a proliferation of songs about going to the doctor, which I always thought was interesting.
1: It's one of the reasons why Ringo is so connected to the Indigo Girls. I went (laughs) to the doctor. I went to the doctor.
2: Uh, I went to the doctor.
0: closer to fine right that's right isn't that them or am i that's the bodines is that i always get i always got bodines and indigo girls mixed up
1: the bodines are a good band to sully the reputation by going everybody one everybody two everybody three it's like you don't need cut that (laughs)
0: Cut that part. You don't like singing numbers, huh, TJ? One, two, three, four.
1: I like that. And I like one, two, three, four, five. Let's go for a drive. That's a great one, too.
0: Or one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, (laughs) ten, eleven, (laughs) twelve.
1: Is it Electric Company or Uh, what's that from? That was Sesame Street. Sesame Street, you're right. Yeah, that was like a, a kooky
0: song because it sounds like one. it's in some crazy, there's some crazy like, uh, what is that called? Like dissonance going on with that song.
1: And ripped off from Leonard Bernstein, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 I want to live in America 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, <laughs> 8, 9, 10 11, 12 <laughs> Maria What about Bob and Maria? They later added Elmo If you didn't watch in the 90s You might have missed it Sometimes first lyric <laughs>
2: Uno, dos, tres Cuatro Cinco Seis siete.
1: So, yeah, Hopeless is kind of ridiculous. Hopeless was also on the Ringo Starstruck album, which I actually bought. I bought that on vinyl in 90, I think, at the uh, Coconuts Records Ooh. on Diversity, And I think that's Sheffield over there. It used to be yeah, a that, that became a Coconuts. Right by the L. That strip mall there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They still had vinyl through the early 90s. That's also where I got my eight track of real music in 84, two years after eight tracks had stopped being made. That peaches slash coconut still had old, antiquated music formats several uh, years after, which was, I always thought was awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. You know why? Because you just can't even do that anymore. No. It's
0: all uh, eBay or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe you'll see it. Well, no, I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen an eight track over at Reckless, or it's been a while if I have.
1: Yeah, they have like rare ones in glass. They actually sell them over. There's a great record store in Andersonville that's opened since you moved called Rattleback Records. They have a track oh, that. It's yeah, great. Yeah, because we, we shot
0: around there and I, I, I saw that place. So they're all right. I wasn't sure if that was one of those places where it's like every record costs $25 and you're like, okay, come on.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's a great shop. Evanston has a few really good shops, too. Squeeze Box and Vintage Vinyl are both really good. But for prices and selection combined, I think Rattlebacks, which is not that much further, it's in Andersonville, is my favorite shop to go to right now.
0: Oh, man. I should have checked it out. Maybe I'll check it out this week. I'm in town. Yeah, Cool. Well, Hopeless is followed up by Alibi. I don't know what happened in the early 80s. There's a lot of music to me that sounded like it belonged on a television set. Like this sounds like the yes. opening to a syndicated suburban drama or something. You
2: came into my life when I was looking for an alibi. You looked in my eyes and I could tell you no lies. I was making life feel alright.
1: Yeah, it's a little sinewy It's a little kind of Minor key bluesy Without being authentic <laughs> Yes Yes
0: Yeah There's an authenticity Thing going on uh, 80s were hard man 80s were hard One of the standout Lyrics is uh, acting, acting roles roll, With no lines, with no to, lines say, to say Which Perhaps was a Hangover from Caveman
1: <laughs> That's what Barbara Bach felt
2: Ooh Lana Luna Ooh
1: a <laughs> is Barbara Bach related to Christine Bach, who was Daisy Duke?
0: Catherine Bach. Catherine
1: Bach, about. right.
0: Yeah, I wonder. I tell you what, I don't know, but you just you just set my uh, eight-year-old heart aflame. Dude, just with the
1: mention of her name. <laughs> me too. She's one of my first. My first two major crushes uh, were Catherine Bach and Belinda Carlisle.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, mine would have been Linda Carter and I forget her real name, but the woman who played Bonnie on Chips.
1: Oh, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> she was blonde. Randy, Randy something is her name. Quaid. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Rainbow. <laughs>
0: and Lauren Tews from Love Boat was no, I don't know what you say. We're talking about women.
1: <laughs> I, I was more of an Isaac spanker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to get out of that one. <laughs> Neither did I.
2: Hey, man, this is Isaac
0: Washington.
1: I mean, yeah, I know I'm
0: just a bartender, and she's a star, but you
1: gotta know her. I mean, she's not
2: like a star,
1: she's like a woman. Uh, you know, speaking of Isaac, uh, Gavin McLeod was also on that show, and Gavin McLeod loved a song called Be My Baby by the Ronettes. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but the Be My Baby on this record is not a Ronettes cover. It's
0: true. Yes, there's a song on here called Be My Baby and it is I thought it, it might be the Ronnie Spector song. No. No. Um it might be the closest that Ringo ever gets to rap.
1: <laughs> You've never heard Ringo do Just Don't Bite It when Easy E was in the All-Star Band? <laughs> Would be it amazing. goes one for the treble, two for the bass. She got nut alone. We can't use that. What am I doing? <laughs> I think we
0: could use that. Well, there's like a vocoder dude, like doing vocal warm ups for Bon Jovi throughout the whole thing. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like
2: oh yeah, yeah.
0: Whatever's going on during Bon Jovi <laughs> is going on throughout this whole song. It sounds like. You know, Captain Midnight is breaking into the song and, you know, or remember when Max Headroom took over like WGN or whatever for... Channel 11! Yeah, and Channel 11. He did it twice in the same night and they've never solved that. But yeah, somebody broke into the, uh, you know, however you did it back then, like into the satellite or the transmission and was dressed like Max Headroom, had a Max Headroom mask on and started doing like teenager, eighth grade humor.
2: McMahon and McKinnon, 14-nothing Bears, then the defense, which hadn't put up a sack in 12 quarters, finally did.
0: Well, if
2: you're wondering what's happened,
0: (laughs) so am I. Yeah, so it sounds like there's some kind of like crazy interference going on during this song that is not the Ronettes, Be My Baby but it's titled Be My Baby, you know, defiantly.
1: Yeah, it, it's a bit of a tribute to Peter Frampton also and Peter Frampton uh, later toured with Ringo and that I think that 95 tours when I saw him uh, and it was cool seeing Ringo and like I'm not a huge Peter Frampton fan but I almost feel like he's become a little bit marginalized given how massive he was in the 70s how big Frampton comes alive was and it was cool seeing Peter Frampton do show me the way and baby I love your way with, with Ringo on drums I always thought was pretty neat during that brief tour. Yeah, the song just ends, Tony The song just, the weirdest thing about this song It just ends, it kind of cuts out out of nowhere Yeah Is it a pressing error or a choice? I think it's a choice
0: (laughs) Yeah Yeah, it's, it's, I will say it's not my favorite Not my favorite But here it is, no longer hard to find (laughs) I don't know (laughs) (laughs) Next up is a cover of a song uh, She's About a Mover Originally by the Sir Douglas Quintet was uh, Doug Somm's outfit. They were uh, like a Tex-Mex rock and roll group from the 60s. Kind of a one-hit wonder. Doug, I don't know if it's Sam or Sam. Sorry, sometimes I don't know how to pronounce. Like when we were doing Ram, we should mention this, we uh, mispronounced Denny Cywell's name. We kept saying "Sewell. Turns out it's Cywell, as in...
1: <sighs> oh, wow. For a minute, I thought these guys had a comeback in the '80s with a song called "Who'll Be the Next in Line," but that's not Sam the Sham. That's the Sir Douglas Quintet, is who I'm thinking of.
0: Well, that is "She's About a Mover" is Sir Douglas Quintet. I'm trying. Wait, so "Who'll Be the Next in Line" was a Kink song. Are you saying that somebody redid that in the '80s? I missed that.
1: Yeah. The Sir Douglas Quintet covered Who'll Be The Next In Line for a comeback album, I think in 81, and it was featured on an episode of WKRP in Cincinnati, which is how I know it.
2: Here's another powerhouse band from the 60s. They're back. They're reformed. They got a new record out. It's the Sir Douglas Quintet, Texas Rock and Roll. How's it going? Yeah, I guess I should ask you.
0: That's how you know. I was trying to, okay, I've never heard that version. I've, obviously, I've heard the Kinks version. It's one of my favorite like early Kinks songs, actually. Love that song.
2: Who'll be the next in line? Who'll be the next in line for a hard days? Who'll make the same mistakes I made over you?
0: Well, She's About a Mover. That's one of those songs that Paul Schaefer used to play on Late Night with David Letterman during the commercial breaks. And that's how I knew this song. You know what I mean? And I'd only always just heard the first, whatever, you know, seven or eight seconds that I could hear of that song.
1: That great organ riff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's an organ song, right? So obviously that's going to, he played it a lot. I remember it was a a song he went to often for commercial breaks. But what is the purpose of covering this song? You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, I guess, was it just, it's a song Ringo likes, I guess, huh?
1: Yeah, it fits Ringo's voice. Uh, all of his albums had drecky covers on them. We've talked about endlessly the Where Did Our Love Go cover with yes. the singers in another country. Right. Baby, baby. <laughs> they didn't even know what they were recording it for. It was like George doing the guitar part for Leave a Light On for me. Like, I'm just here. I have no idea what this is. Um, right. But this is way improved on the Ringo Like, whatever reason they included it, Tony, it's like the best Ringo cover since like maybe maybe Lipstick Traces, which you talked about before, which is not a great cover. <laughs> but this is what I love is his voice sounds like he's letting loose like boys. His voice sets you rocking out a bit, like early Ringo vocals. I love the New Orleans instrumental section yes, is amazing. I wrote that and down. The vaudeville ending, I whatever Joe Walsh and Ringo are on while this is being made, I wanted it. I think this is such a great side closer. I call this Ringo's Julia.
0: (laughs) Well, agree to disagree, but I do like those new Orleans horns throughout the Sir Douglas quintet. She's about a mover. Cover. Yeah. 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 Well then we get into what I keep forgetting. What, what is this one? Is is this the Michael McDonald song?
1: <laughs> so The Michael McDonald that later went on to inspire that great Nate Dogg and Warren G. Tune, Regulate.
2: These girls peeping me, I'm going to and swerve. These hookers looking so hard, they straight hit the curve. Want to figure better things than some horny tricks. I see my homie and some suckers all in his mix.
1: <laughs> this was like one of the most famous hip-hop samples ever. The Michael McDonald song was not the Lieber and Stoller cover that Ringo's doing here, but because he was influenced by it, Michael McDonald— And that's another hit of 82, the Michael McDonald I keep forgetting. By the way, the backup band for that is Toto. Whoa. That yeah, So that, so that's absolutely crazy. It's like the definitive Yacht Rock song. But in the Michael McDonald version, because it was a new song kind of inspired by Lieber and Stoller, they had to give Lieber and Stoller credit on future pressings of it. But no, this is different than the Michael McDonald hit from the previous year, which is a great tune. And that Warren G. Nate Dogg uh, uh, regulate track has always been so fun. (laughs) Well, the original version was by Chuck Jackson.
2: I keep forgetting you don't love me no more. Keep forgetting you don't want me no more. I keep forgetting that you told me that you didn't want me around anymore But these stupid old just hit me your feet like they've done so many times before.
0: And yeah, written by Jerry Lieber, Mike Stoller. And uh, according to this website, and Garfield, (laughs) the cat. (laughs) Dude,
1: Odie's still so pissed he didn't get a writing credit.
0: Yeah, or any of that lasagna. Uh, um,
1: (laughs) Did you ever see somebody uh, publish the Garfield... Uh, strips without any of the uh, dialogue just to show like Garfield in an existential crisis. It was amazing. Yeah. I think it was the Garfield
0: comic strip without Garfield in it. So it was just John talking to himself. Right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was an existential sadness. It was <laughs>
2: wonderful. Come on in. It's time to party with Garfield and friends. I, I, Garfield and friends. The cartoon show to watch when you won't settle for just any cartoon show.
0: But yeah, it's like Ringo the Robot on this song, taking the verse. It's so 80s. I will say, I definitely, I appreciate the cold ending on this one. It just ends.
1: Now, I would appreciate an earlier ending on this one. (laughs) Side two of this album diminishes the album a little bit. Side one is pretty good for a Ringo album post-Goodnight Vienna. Yeah. And uh, side two gets a little more, oh, stop doing the nose candy. Yeah, Indeed. (laughs)
2: you told me that you didn't want me around anymore But these stupid old
0: That said, I actually do kind of like this next song, Picture Show Life.
1: Me too.
2: Yeah. It's, it's
1: weird. It's a it's a depressing ballad that, that doesn't know what it wants to be. I love this one.
0: Yeah. I mean, I might be grading on a scale here. You know, we often do with Ringo. It's hard to put like, oh, what do you think of uh, Alibi compared to Mrs. Vanderbilt? <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like, oh. <Well>, alibi, obviously. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, mean, Alibi, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Hollywood is waltzing Doing anything they can do To make it through another L.A. night Yeah, I don't know There's something really kind of dopey but But lovably dopey about this song
2: Hollywood is waltzing Doing that double talking Anything they can do To make it through another L.A. night and can you imagine all those girls are strolling? All the boys are holding. They're doing their best to make it through another L.A. night. In a picture show night. In their own little world. In their own little space. They can be who they want to in their own little place.
0: And it's true, like they can be who they want in their own little space. I mean, it, it really is an accurate portrayal of life in LA. And this is like pre-internet when you can kind of any do that anywhere now. But yeah, yeah, a lot of people go to LA to kind of reinvent themselves or really, you know, lay into what they want to be. And a lot of that sometimes has to do with uh, ignoring reality and, you know, putting up these walls that, you know, show you the reality so that you can be what you want in your own little space.
1: Makes sense. That's a great description of it, Tony. And because of that, it almost feels like a callback or a button to act naturally. Yeah, you're Which right. is he's dreaming about being a big star going Which he would revisit, I think What, maybe 1989 He and Buck Owens recorded a new version of that For Capital that charted Yeah All those years later So right. that's a song and he still does live This song feels like a melancholy kind of Ringo's fortunes had dried up both as an actor All due respect to Shining Time Station Which I think got him an Emmy nod in 89 yeah. or Right around then but, you know, his, his fortunes have really begun to dry up. I mean, think about it. In 1979, Paul McCartney signs a mammoth deal with Columbia. In 1983, the same year of this record, the Stones sign a mammoth deal with Columbia. Ringo can't get any label in the States to distribute this album. His fortunes had crashed. So yeah. this song's extra melancholy to me for that very reason.
0: Yeah, very much so. But I do like, there's these delayed guitars on the fade out that I genuinely like. I really... I I like the music on this song.
1: Oh, me too. I I love the song. It's a highlight of this album. As opposed to the next two, which feel like warm-up filler that probably indicate that Ringo had run out of material.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, what is this song? As far as we can go.
2: People talk. Yes, I think they know. I guess that it must show we've gone as far as we can go. They walk by and they whisper
0: I mean, to me, I wrote down these are my notes because I hadn't heard I haven't heard this record that much. This a it's hard to find, so um, before it went streaming, it was hard to find. But uh, yeah, I wrote down ballad that goes whoa. There's some kind of medieval synth thing happening, and uh, I don't know why I forget why I wrote this down. Bresler's 33 flavors of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Were you reminding yourself what you want to have as a treat? <laughs> and I, knew, when I I remember writing that down
0: being like, oh, that's going to be a confusing note, but I know I know what I'm talking. I'll know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> now at Bressler's 33 Flavors Ice Cream Shops, frozen yogurt. Try a nutritious yogurt shake today, created for you by Bressler's and Mother
0: Nature. At
2: Lincoln Mall.
0: I don't know if I meant that this song is genre hopping or what, but yeah, what do you think of this one?
1: Well, I think this song reminds me of Breastler's 33 Flavors after they've been closed for a couple of years. And you can't get what you want, but you have to walk by there and just deal with it. And because a new tenant had moved in because the the Reagan economy destroyed everything, unless you were a massive business. Um, But yeah, this song to me is Drek. And on the CD reissue, they have a longer version of this song as the bonus track. So if you find the CD on the right stuff... Oh, oh, oh... Uh, uh, Uh-oh, uh-oh, if you find it, you're going to be doubly disappointed for a two-minute-longer version of this endless ballad. Not to be confused with with the Beach Boys Hits compilation from 73.
0: Uh. (laughs) No, that version you're talking about, I believe, is in parentheses the original version. Right. And it has more strings. And the thing I wrote down on there was, not sure why Ringo is doing this. (laughs) (laughs) I understand he's human and he has feelings, but I'm not sure that he's like the best messenger for, you know, this like emotional torch song, you know, this kind of Barry Manilow. (laughs) He's in that world.
1: And a poorly written one. At least Manilow's got hooks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mandy, well, you came and I mean, at least say what you want about Manolo, but he's loaded all the songs of hook after hook. This song is die. This song needs to go to Bed Bath and Beyond. It needs a hook. (laughs) Bring your 20% off coupon.
0: (laughs) Don't worry, TJ. You'll get those coupons back one of these days. Well, another one of those kind of Joe Walsh vibey songs is the next one. Everybody's in a hurry, but me. This is like mostly like an instrumental with kind of like a tequila, like chant, we'll call it. (laughs) Or it's more like an announcement at Kmart or something.
1: <laughs> I think, I think R- Ringo's reminding the band what the title is a couple times, is what yeah. it is. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, someone keeps going.
1: What is this one
2: called? Everybody's in
1: You think Ringo listened to Thanks for the Pepperoni and thought, how can I make my own jam that's more boring?
0: <laughs> now it does have John Entwistle on bass. Mm-hmm. So this is like shortly after the Who broke up the first time. And uh, you can hear it. It's great. You can definitely hear Entwistle doing his crazy thunderfingers noodling all over this song. <laughs> It's not as high in the mix as it would be on like a Who record, but you can hear it. It's
1: very business heavy. And I think Clapton co-wrote it. I don't think Clapton's playing on it, but I think Eric Clapton co-wrote it too. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's
0: fun enough. It's fun enough.
1: It's fun enough. It ends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it beats sleep.
1: I was going to say, when we were talking about the RCA label where I thought of you while listening to it, Tony, I sent you a picture of it too. I know, yeah. Does seeing a Beatle on the Elvis kind of black RCA logo make you? I like, I know I'm more a label (laughs) guy than you are, but is it cool to see like a Beatle record on RCA?
0: Yeah, it's strange. It's funny. It's cool. Yeah, I like it. I'd love to see a George Harrison on uh, Matador Records. I don't know. Wouldn't that be cool?
1: (laughs) A a, a weird kind of pavement George Harrison, A side, B side.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Could be fun.
1: When Paul McCartney switched to Columbia, one of my favorite things about it was all the McCartney records, the early ones, the labels look like Billy Joel and Springsteen records, and the cassette tapes yeah. all look like the Top Gun soundtrack.
0: And <laughs> yeah. And Michael Jackson.
1: And, right, and thriller, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's funny. Next song. Actually, this is how the album ends. It's the
1: final song, I should say. It's the Mercy song. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The mercy beat. Uh,
1: (laughs) Well done. (laughs) So
2: fairy, cross the mercy.
0: It's called Going Down. And uh, yeah, this feels like what would kind of become the future of Ringo's solo work. Because he didn't put out another record after this
1: till what? uh, 92? Would have been Time Takes Time. A really, really solid record. Maybe Ringo's second or third best album in 92.
0: Yeah, but it has that kind of rock and roll shuffle, you know, that Ringo seems attracted to. It gravitates to me towards like rock and roll hall of fame.
1: I'll
0: call it generica.
1: <laughs> oh, careful, that's your guy Paul Schaefer leading that band.
0: Oh, I know. Oh, I, I love Paul. I love Paul. But when you get like Sixty guys in a room and it's usually sixty guys. Maybe there's three women, you know, and they're all doing one, four, five, you know.
1: (laughs) Kind of all swaying. They're always swaying in those group numbers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're trying to do the ventures thing, maybe. Or the shadows. The Ventures kind of had moves. The Shadows had tighter moves, I think. If we're doing moves rock.
1: (laughs) All right. uh, The Ventures or the Four Tops? Ain't no woman like the one I've got. (laughs) Who (laughs) do you pick? Four
0: Tops. Well, the Four Tops. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But the Four Tops also didn't have to hold guitars and stuff like that and play bass notes or, you know, play notes. But they had to sing. They did. And they sang great. Which the Ventures didn't have
1: to do, so... Levi Stubbs. All those guys. I'm just naming. All right, the the going to switch to how many of the four tops can you name? I got 25% down.
0: I thought their last name was all top. Bob Top, George Top, Will
1: Top. And Pop Top, the dad. <laughs> come
0: old flat top. Let's face it, TJ. You and I, with our corny humor, are just old wave.
1: Yeah, you and I are old wave. Um, but there's I mean there's a lot of new wave bands I love, like Christopher Cross. <laughs> and uh <laughs> I'm not gonna play it. Well, I keep
0: watching Square Pegs every night.
1: <laughs> uh Square Pegs, one size does not fit all. Was it the waitresses who sang that song? Who sang that song? I think like, you're right. I think yeah. you're right. That was a great show. I, I felt like that was a show for offbeat kids. I loved it. Yeah, there was a weird moment where
0: Channel 20 was playing that show when I got home from school, and I remember recording like parts of the episode where um, the blonde guy gets addicted to (laughs) Pac-Man.
1: Dude, was it 20 or 66? Because I seem to recall 4 p.m. square pegs, 4.30 bosom buddies.
0: Uh, Yeah, man. I think you're right. You know, I'm getting it mixed up because then I would just randomly tape stuff off Channel 20, like, ironically. (laughs) So you're right. You're right. It was Channel 66. Yeah. 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 It only lasted like a season. It was 82 to
1: 83. Of course, that's where Sarah Jessica Parker got her start. And that's when, the if you buy the DVDs of Bosom Buddies, right? And I loved Bosom Buddies. A lot of that show is improvised. Tom Hanks and Peter Scalari did a lot of their bits by themselves. It doesn't age well. Two men in drag, you know, that and the Tootsie thing. Maybe not the best 2021 thing, but I loved that show as a kid. And if you buy the DVD, Tony, you know what you don't hear on the DVDs of Bosom Buddies? You don't hear this. Right. They, they don't play my life. They do a song by Stephanie Mills, who, of course, starred in the Broadway production of The Wiz. That is the vocal version of what the end credits were on Buzz and Buddies, because they didn't like it was not Billy Joel singing the theme song, but it was a cover of the Billy Joel song. And I love it so much because there's it's like the odd couple. You remember when shows would have like two minute introductions? <laughs>
0: Okay, normally this is where I would just drop in 30 seconds of the Bosom Buddies theme song, but TJ being TJ actually has a VHS recording of Super 66 Chicago from January 1986, containing everything we just talked about. And it's too amazing and I just have to play the entire thing. So without further ado, here is two minutes of Super 66 Chicago from January 1986.
2: Tonight at 7 it's Jim Brown and Fred Williamson against the man who could destroy the world's black population in 3 the hard way. Now stay tuned for comedy with Tom Hanks in Bosom Buddies. Next on Super 66, Chicago's Super Station. Uh, Super 66 Chicago celebrates the legacy of George Halas and Mike Ditka's champion Chicago Bears. When we first moved to New York, we had a great apartment that was dirt cheap. And we found out why it was so cheap. Our friend Amy said there was a great apartment in her building. Dirt cheap, but it's a hotel for women. Okay, we made one adjustment. Now these other ladies know us as Buffy and Hildegard. But they also know us as Kip and Henry, Buffy and Hildy's brothers. I am uh, crazy about the blonde. <laughs> this experience is going to make a great book. See, it's all perfectly normal. I don't care what you say anymore. This is my life. you so, so.
1: So Ringo's Old Wave, which if you download on iTunes, has the Boardwalk logo, which for you label heads, it was never actually on Boardwalk. If you can find a copy of the vinyl, look, this is not a great Ringo album. It's not as good as the self-titled Ringo. It's not as good as Goodnight Vienna. Not as good as Time Takes Time. There's certainly a couple of the 90s Ringo albums, the Mark Hudson albums that are pretty good, the Vertical Mans of the World. But for 70s to 80s Ringo, this is a pretty decent Ringo album. It's very Joe Walsh, and that's not such a bad thing. And now they're family, those two.
0: Yeah. Yeah, check it out for its production. There's a couple good songs on there, and then, you know, it's Ringo. Have fun.
2: And she held out some She said it was the best in the land.
0: Obviously, next week, um, I think we're on a Ringo kick, so I think we're finally just going to have to do Bad Boy.
1: We can do bad boy, Tony. I was going to suggest we save it for our 500th anniversary. And this is a good time to say we passed the 13 million listener mark. We couldn't have done it without you. We've become too big for you. Leave us alone. No autographs. Peace and love. I'm warning you with peace and love. Leave me alone. Untitled
0: Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. Please, after the 20th of October. Do not send fan mail to any address that you have. Nothing will be signed after the 20th of October. If that has a date on the envelope, it's gonna be tossed. I'm warning you with peace and love, but I have too much to do.